Hi there. How's your week been? I actually took a week out from the podcast. You might have noticed I was doing a little experiment trying to stay off Instagram. I don't know why, but more and more, I feel like Instagram can kind of become your whole world, especially when you've got perhaps a brand or a platform that you're trying to promote. It's easy for it to just kind of take over each hour of your day. So I really wanted to just leave it for a while. So I limited it to just client work on my work phone and on my personal phone. I just left it for about three days. And in that time, I just got inspired again. I've got lots of ideas for the podcast, um, working on a little mini series that I hope you guys love. Today's guest is Nadia Melli. She was born in Sicily in Italy, raised in Germany and currently lives in Brighton in the UK. She's spent, I think, around 10 years doing destination wedding photography. So very different, always jetting everywhere, sounds super glamorous. Um, but Nadia shares how more recently she's changed her entire life from the religion that she grew up with and leaving that behind to leaving behind the destination photography to focus on portraits. And also she left behind her marriage of 10 years. So you can imagine that's a lot of life changes for her. She also shares about when she was growing up hearing her family talking about her looks. And you can imagine that was quite upsetting. So maybe some of you can relate to this. I'd love to know. Let me know over on Instagram. Feel free to send me a DM. And until then, just enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon, and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty, our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. I look at my phone. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> Was that always that, or just through lockdown? Since we've had smartphones, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, that's just the honest answer. Usually I look at my phone first thing. Um, and uh, unless sometimes, you know, if I want to be a bit good, I'll have my phone in another room for the night. Um, but yeah, usually I look at my phone first thing. Um, talk you through everything. Yeah. I get up really early because um, okay. I'm a morning person. So usually I'm awake between 5.30 and 6.30. Okay. I'm awake and then I slowly get up <laughs> at, <laughs> at some point. Also because of my cats because they want food really early. <laughs> um, and as soon as it's light outside, they're like all over me and want me to get up. And um, so I get up really early and then... The first thing I do is I make myself a cup of tea in the morning. Which tea? Because you've got like 15 teas. <laughs> I have a huge... <laughs> in the morning, it's usually green tea, like to wake up a little bit, mm -hmm. or ginger tea, um, and sometimes with some turmeric and stuff. Um, but yeah, I make myself a cup of tea, and then I put my hair up, and then I go and have my morning routine. Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, it's not as... It's not very complicated or anything. It? It? <laughs> um, it's well, it it has changed though in lockdown. Okay. Do you want to know the lockdown version? Yes, please. Okay. So the lockdown version is basically That's I've so totally cool. been into um, skincare and have made I've I've had like masks and things like almost every day. So I've okay. so I do like lockdown routine is like cleaning my skin, 
with a cleanser and then maybe um, put on a moisturizing mask mm -hmm. um, and then maybe do like an exfoliating one as well okay. and then put oil on and um, moisturize, like full on everything. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> What brands are you using then? Um, my favorite brands, uh, my favorite brand is actually just one, um, is Evolve. I don't know if okay. you know them. Yeah. Um, they're a UK brand. They're organic. Um, and I try to use just natural organic uh, brands. Um, and that one I've tried so many and that one is the one that is a perfect match with my skin okay. uh, personally. So I love Evolve. I have from cleanser to moisturizer, almost everything from them, from their range. And then some other things like sprinkled in, um, like I love, um, a face mask from Kiehl's right now okay. that is the avocado mask. I don't know if you know oh, that one. I've got the avocado eye cream, but I haven't seen them. I have that too. Okay. But the mask is amazing. Like you put it on and your, your face just drinks it in. And it's all, mine does because yeah. I have really dry skin. And it's almost fully gone after like yeah, five yeah. minutes. I love that in the morning so much. Um, so yeah, that's my... Oh, I forgot the most important thing about my lockdown morning routine because i've become a runner <laughs> oh, really? so that is part of you were a runner from your stories like i just thought that was you oh no no i've that was never me <laughs> i i turned into a runner like halfway through lockdown what happened i then? don't know how that happened sitting in the house yes i think i think it was that i think it was the I remember one day on the day that I, or two days before I started running, I remember feeling like physically, like I wanted to run away. Like I just wanted to escape, um, like physically, um, not escape internally from anything, but literally from the walls I, I'm, I'm living in. I was like, I have to like run away. Mm. Um, and then I just started as really fascinating i haven't i have never been a runner like so did you have trainers ready to go like to jump no i didn't have running shoes i had gym shoes which mm -hmm. are different they're yeah, not like yeah. good for running but i just used those oh, yeah. <laughs> and i was like i'm not going to buy running shoes with, that are expensive if i don't know that i'm sticking to it um and if i don't know mm -hmm. if i like it mm -hmm. i actually bought running shoes now like um, two weeks ago I think, um, cause I'm like, yeah, I, this is it now. I'm, I'm a runner. runner. I'm a runner. <laughs> so actually that has been, uh, since halfway, yeah, half, I started halfway through a uh, lockdown and that was actually the, one of the first things I did in the really early 6am or so would just go out and run wow. by the seafront and then come back and then do the tea, the masks, shower and everything. <laughs> and how do you think? Yeah. Is that something you're going to keep up now that lockdown yeah. supposedly over? Yeah, 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 definitely. What definitely. do you think it gives you? Um, it has made me feel so much happier and lighter. Um, it has given me like a sense of freedom um, and just, I don't know, just joy. It's mm. really strange. Mm. Like and pe people have told me that and I've read about it like when runners say like, oh, all the endorphins and it's really good and beneficial. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and and now that I've that I'm doing it, it's so true. Like sometimes I catch myself smiling, like at people that I run past, just because I'm enjoying the activity while I'm mm. doing it. Actually, and um, yeah, I think you just have to try things, and then 
just and just learn what works for you mm. um and right now running totally does it for me um I'm, i just it's been amazing so i've been doing it almost every day prior to lockdown yeah how different was your routine you didn't have the running you no. weren't doing the hydrating mess maybe Mm-mm. So what like once a then? month or okay. whenever i remembered oh i should put on a mask like yeah my skin yeah, is terrible yeah. yeah before we get into the juicy stuff about growing up Ooh. and stuff i noticed so you hung out with another photographer the other day um beatrice is that something uh her name is actually alini yeah okay yeah and she took some pictures <laughs> yeah. of you and she yes. mentioned about you embracing a new something new about you mm-hmm. and i was wondering what it was so i'm guessing she knew you before no actually no she didn't oh. i met her in october last year here in brighton okay yeah she actually we haven't known each other not even a year yeah so what was she alluding to then <laughs> i have to check the caption now i'm thinking oh yeah what's she, been different for well you? but she knows my story um right even though we we haven't known each other long and you know like i'm pretty open with my story and stuff like on social media but even when i meet someone like i just met you today in person <laughs> in, person, uh, in yeah. person and like if there's a if there's openness on both sides and connection i'm i i can talk about anything mm, mm. <laughs> i'm 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 like that so yeah she was uh what she was talking about do you want to yeah, <laughs> look at just... the caption this new beautiful wild and untamed version of herself <laughs> i was like what does that mean what does that mean <laughs> well um well that is that is kind of already the juicy stuff if, if i if i tell oh, you right, if okay. i tell you what that means we're, we're right there okay. um basically what she what she was talking about is that last year in march last year i separated from my husband after 10 years of marriage and i just went through a whole lot of change. Um, I left my marriage. I left my faith. I grew up in a very religious, very conservative environment. Um, and I was living that for over 30 years. I left that. Um, I left my old um, like niche, I guess, of work because um, I was a destination wedding photographer um, for 10 years. So I left that as well and decided to just go into portrait photography. Everything that made up my my foundation, my identity, my life for the last 10 years, I just um, let every all of that go. Um, and it was a year of, and I'm still in it, a year of like finding who I am now without all of that, without everything that I thought was me, without everything that just made me for the last 10 years um so that is kind of what she was writing about (laughs) okay so let me just be super nosy then because obviously this is about beauty but Mm. it's not just about beauty as in the things that we do but it's how we see ourselves so Mm. Mm. if did you find your vision of yourself changed when you were out of the marriage were you a dip or did you view yourself differently as Nadia married Nadia yeah definitely because um married Nadia was also Christian Nadia and like um it, it was a specific type of person it was still me but it was just a different identity and I think we do 
go through different identities in life. I don't think we just have one <laughs> and we keep that forever. I think we it's kind of like an onion or a snake or butterfly, whatever metaphor you want to use. Like you, you kind of, the more, the older you get, I feel like you just get rid of layers. Um, the layers that you, like culture, tradition, family, um, faith, uh, and all these influences. And obviously you get new influences in your life. We don't, we're not like an island. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like you shed all the things that, um, were put on you mm. by other people and by institutions. And, and, or that's how I feel at least about my own journey. And, um, I definitely see myself as someone like, sometimes I think, I don't even know who is this woman. Well, the new, <laughs> like, the yeah, new the new, really? the new me, like who I, I could have never imagined to be where I am today and to be this person now. And I'm like, who are you? Like, it's like, I have to get to know myself as well. Um, and she's definitely different. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's yeah. like, so what's been, what's a really obvious difference for you that you've noticed between now and then? Um, w one of the biggest things, uh, for me was self-trust, um, to, to, I had to learn and I'm still doing that to trust myself, to trust my own intuition um, because I grew up with the opposite, um, mm. idea to not trust myself, to only trust God, um, to not rely on my opinions, ideas, feelings, like don't trust that you're so dissected. Is that the word? Maybe like cut up and cut up in like so many different pieces. Um, when you grow up like that, at least that's what it was for me. Um, you have to separate like your body from your mind and like you, it, it is, yeah, so many, you split in so many different pieces and you're not a whole. Right. Um, and that was one of the biggest differences now versus Nadia two years ago, three years ago is, uh, I trust myself first now before I ask anyone, before I like inquire or do I, the first thing I trust is my gut now. <laughs> and, um, and I do rely on that now. And before it was always, I mean, it was always there, like, and I, <laughs> and I would still like do stuff that my parents or whatever would not understand and why, and blah, blah, blah. but there was always doubt. There was always questioning. There was always, Oh, but maybe I have to pray. And maybe this was, this didn't go right because it was a punishment or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there was always that doubt that I'm doing it wrong. If I'm following that feeling and that that's not the right thing to do versus now. Um, like that is the biggest change. I mean, there were a lot of big changes, but that yeah. is, that is for, to me, one of the biggest changes, um, in my personality. Are you saying that through most of the time, you were part of this religion, you had like almost like an inner struggle against it. Mm. Cause I just, yeah, that sounds almost impossible to just mm. like mm. get on with stuff to me, mm. but yet you got married, yeah. built a career. I was always split like that. Mm. Yeah. Like I was, I was always on one hand. Yes. I believed it and it was my life. Um, I wasn't faking believing in God. I wasn't faking like, um, praying or what I was saying or what I was believing. I did believe it, but 
it was I was definitely split because on the other hand, um, I didn't subscribe to a lot of things. I was always the one questioning things and, oh, gosh, and go, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and going too far with my ideas or my questions and my doubts. Um, I was the one that wanted a different life from the one all my friends and my family had and expected. Like you get married and you have children and you live close by and you like I started my business and I didn't have children. And um, although I did get married young at 24, but yeah, my ex-husband and I, we would travel the world with photography um, and working together. And it was a very different lifestyle from all our friends at home <laughs> who were like buying houses, having children like in their twenties and, um, and then going to church and like having that kind of lifestyle and we were doing something else and, that's just one example, but yeah, I, I was always, always kind of split between, mm -hmm. um, the things I believed to be true and the, that voice inside that, that desire to do what I wanted to do. Mm. So there was always, always a split. Yeah. At what age were you when you discovered that beauty was a thing or was that even a part of your world? Was it like the whole taking care of yourself, grooming side of things? Hmm. Um, so when I discovered that beauty was a thing, just beauty in itself, mm -hmm. um, was actually when I was made aware of the lack of beauty. <laughs> wow. Um, I was, I think, eight, eight years old, because it was in a specific flat that we lived in and we moved out before I was 10. So I think it was eight. And I was playing in my room and my mom and my grandma and my aunt were in the living room talking. Is this back in, where is this? This is in Germany where I grew up. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Germany. And, um, I kind of went, I was like, I wanted to join them in the living room. And I went from my room to the living room and I heard my name. I heard they were talking about me. They weren't calling me. They were talking about me. And I kind of stopped in the hallway uh, to listen to what they were saying. And um, it was my grandma who was saying um, to my mom and my aunt that um, something along the lines of, oh, it's a shame that Nadia is not as pretty as her cousins. And oh I remember standing there in the hallway. Um, and that's my first memory connected to beauty because up until then, that wasn't a concept for me. Um, I was a child and I thought in a very natural childlike way that I am good, that I'm beautiful, that there's nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember consciously that was a moment where like something inside of me kind of broke. Um, and from that day on, I feel like I've been on a, like a quest um, that has driven me a little bit all my life to search for beauty. Um, and not just in myself, but mm. generally everywhere in other people, in places, in the world in what I do, um, that was, that was the first time I was really aware of even the concept, um, of beauty and specifically beauty in myself. Mm. Um, because before that it wasn't really a thing for me, but mm -hmm. 
but it became a thing after that definitely i would imagine like, yeah so that day eight-year-old nadia what was your immediate like did you Go, did you carry on into the room? Did you go back to your room? And I don't cry? remember like, that. Remember, I don't remember that. But you just remember this moment. I, yeah, super I, I remember that very clearly. And I don't remember what I did after. If I entered the room, if I turned around mm. and went back, I don't remember that. Um, and I think like that's a normal thing probably because yeah. my, like I blocked it out probably. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember what I did after. Um, but I remember like, all throughout my teenage years as well, trying to make myself um, somehow beautiful and mm -hmm. trying to, like, be more like my cousins. Well, how different... <laughs> um, did you see any difference between yourself and your cousins? Yeah, I did after that day. <laughs> before, before that, I did... Again, like, it wasn't a concept, but I looked at them and at myself differently after I heard that um from someone that was close to me from my grandma so um after that I looked at them differently for a long time all throughout my teenage years um until I was older um and at myself differently and um yeah and I think like the whole grooming and like shaving your legs and stuff I, I think I started doing that like in secret <laughs> mm. without my mom knowing like using her razors or whatever because uh, my parents were very conservative and they were very much against me doing any of that too early um and and my mom wasn't like big into beauty or grooming or anything like that so it wasn't like other women sometimes say you know they would watch mm. their moms like yeah. get ready or put makeup on and they would do it with her. like that wasn't a thing in our house and like I wasn't allowed to wear makeup um for so long or my dad he hated it when I painted my nails or whatever he still when my dad sees like I I have my nails painted painted um red um he's like oh, why do you do that <laughs> like oh still gosh. he's still like oh so you have like he still comments on like red nails for whatever reason mm. um so I, I I started doing like little things like that um, in in secret um, when when I was alone at home, where I would lock mm -hmm. myself in the bathroom because um, I think shaving was the first thing I started with because I have so much hair. <laughs> did you cut yourself the first time? Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I did. Yeah, like bleeding legs, and I like shaved my arms and oh. everything because. I'm Italian, so I have lots of hair everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, and I, I overplucked my eyebrows because I had one eyebrow, <laughs> um, like growing up as a child. And I like overplucked them for years and tried to get rid of like all the hair everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that was one of the first things that I did was shaving. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, sorry. I, I don't like to go over like old wounds, but I just want to go back to... Oh, that's, that that's memory totally that fine. You shared just because yeah. I do think it's often the grandmothers as well. Like in the West Indian community, that's like my my dad's side of the family. It's always be the grandma that yeah. will tell you stuff mm -hmm. to your face mm -hmm. with no no thought. Mm -hmm. It's not like she would say it to hurt your feelings, but at the same time, she's not sugarcoating it. So if you put on weight, you've got fat. If you've lost yeah. weight, you're skinny. So yeah. that's a whole other, uh, mm. where's the perfect? Mm. But 
I just wanted to know, like, did mm. you ever have a chance to bring this up mm-hmm. with your mum or your aunt or your gran? Or have you always just had this to yourself? I never told my grandma about that. I never brought it up. Um, I never told her that. Also because for a long time, I that memory was, like, buried. I didn't... Um, it came up... Um, only a few years ago uh, in therapy. Like, I, I, I wasn't conscious of that memory. Like, I, it was gone. But your subconscious. Um, it was in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and my grandma died five years ago. Um, and I think I, I, the memory came up, like, a little bit before she died. But I, I, I knew also there, there was no, absolutely no point to bring that up with her. She wouldn't remember. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have remembered because I'm sure that those are things that grownups, um, which is, I guess, similar to how we are now. Like sometimes you, you, you say things just in passing and you don't, um, yeah, you don't realize. And I, I'm sure she would have not remembered, absolutely not remembered, but also she wouldn't have really, I think, grasped the, the meaning and the, um, the damage or mm. yeah so mm. there was absolutely no point bringing it up with her um so i didn't no i never did but it's fine because for me like i've i really i have peace about it and i can talk about it without crying <laughs> so mm. uh, i'm i am really good with it um i don't feel like i have to have any type of like resolve with anyone on that so that's totally mm. fine it's just fascinating just having this conversation because <laughs> we found each other on Instagram mm-hmm. basically because I was looking for evidence of camera companies doing something for Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. one of your images came up and I actually thought it was you in the image. It was a picture of a black girl. So I was like, oh, let me look at her profile. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, it's you. And you've got, you know, lots of different types of people and... And I, when I saw pictures of you, I just thought, oh my God, you look like a goddess. Like you've got this, all this hair and these eyebrows and it's just always freaks me out to find that someone can look like that, but you've got this story behind you. And it just, it just maddens me that parents and grandparents, they just don't, they weren't taught that what you say can change someone. Yeah. Like you said, for years afterwards. Mm. Um, even though they're humans themselves and they probably had an incident in their past that affected them, but they weren't taught to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So obviously you said about therapy. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something that needed to be addressed in therapy? Do you think if you hadn't addressed it, you might be a, a, another different version of Nadia now? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love therapy. <laughs> really? I love, yeah. Or even like, and not just the the act of going to therapy, but even self therapy. Um, I love growth, and I'm fascinated by how we change, um, and how we can learn and unlearn. And uh, I love the whole self development thing, um, whatever the correct term of that mm-hmm. is. But I um, I absolutely love that, and I think it's so vital, so important, and. Um, that yeah that was one of the things that came up and definitely had to be addressed and i think it's because you know our mothers grandmothers 
them doing this without even thinking about it and um, not being aware of what what um, what the consequences are. I think it is because um, they haven't healed themselves. And so also their priorities are completely upside down. Like in, in my family and that generation of my grandma and my mom, um, the priority was like on how you look, on how things look on the outside for the neighbors and the family. Things have to look good and they have to look presentable, whatever's going on inside. <laughs> But um, it's always about what will the others say? What will the family say? What will the friends say? What will the neighbors say? Whatever. What will the church say? So, and and how, especially women, how a woman looks in, in, in my family, it was, was always so important, but in a very twisted and toxic way, <laughs> mm. um, not in a, not in a positive uh, way. There was always so much focus on, yeah, looks, appearance, weight, um, all of that so what was the ideal that you were meant to aim for you know I don't even know <laughs> what the like, ideal was I was never told actually no, I guess showing no skin but being slim enough to be looked at yes being being, being slim <laughs> not being too skinny not too big like whatever that is um and not showing too much skin being really modest um that kind of yeah very very simple um uh si kind of simple guidelines but it's not like there was i mean i was never told like a specific template mm. um it was yeah just be modest um and don't gain too much weight that was it basically um don't eat too much like in front of other people as well and stuff it's like oh, wow. you as a girl are always looked at that is how i grew up like whatever the, the boys can do whatever they want nobody cares in Sicilian culture, but the girls are always looked at and criticized and nagged on and all the time. When was your point when you started to find your own way with like how you wanted to look, how you want, how you wanted to be seen rather than other mm. people? Yeah, that was later. It was actually like around when I, around when I hit 30, <laughs> that was, um, I don't know if it was the number, but, um, mm. I mean, not just the number, but um, it was a it was a shift, definitely for me. So at um, that point, you were still married and mm -hmm. still in the church. Yes, yes, I was still married. I was still in the church. I was living in Germany, um, and in I think in my twenties, which is normal, I guess. I went through a lot of different styles, <laughs> um, uh, styles like on myself with clothing and hair and stuff, um, but also interior and colors and. Um, and makeup styles like I wasn't really sure like what suits me and mm -hmm. who, who am I who what do I want to look like and stuff and then around 30 it's there was a shift definitely and I kind of went into the into the lane of it was like the inner change reflected was reflected on the outside because I was going through a lot of change, like through therapy and like growing and, um, learning a lot of things about myself. And it was like coming home, coming back to myself. And that I think was reflected on the outside, started to reflect as well. Like I stopped dyeing my hair. Okay. I started, um, uh, wearing my hair natural like this, like it's, it's curly, it's frizzy. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I do brush my curls out, but, um, sometimes I style them, but, 
Uh, I don't, I used to straighten my hair and like do like all the American mm. curl style with what the color was it when you said you used to dye it? Um, I would just like dye it um, different brown tones or like okay. do a balayage or like okay. highlights, um, just that kind of um, to jazz it up. <laughs> and um, and I still have some like residue of like <laughs> old highlights and balayage and stuff. But um, I would, yeah, do all kinds of changes um, to not have my hair like this, mm. to not have it in its natural state. And I started shifting that as well. I was like, I'm just going to leave my hair as it is <laughs> and um and even like with clothing and stuff I find I found more of you know I love yeah I love the floaty dresses and I'm living in Germany and it's not the coast of Australia but who cares mm. I'm going to wear them and nobody in the town where I live in wears that stuff and people look at me funny if I go to the supermarket, but I don't care. I'm just going to wear that because I love that and I feel comfortable. I feel like myself in like a dress and a floaty dress and and some sandals and uh, all the neutral colors that you see like yeah, in my home. That. Like that's kind of that desert, sandy vibe. Um, it's just, it makes me feel at peace when I have a color palette it makes it quiets my mind and there's so much going on in here <laughs> that I need like a peaceful surrounding and having one color palette instead of a very like a lot of different colors just gives me peace that's personally what it does for me and that's that has been the journey so far in my 30s to just find that peace mm -hmm. through a lot of different things internally and on the outside as well so yeah I would say like the last four years have been more of like finding my style as well like this is this is what I actually look like naturally <laughs> so this is what I'm sticking with while this was happening with you obviously you were married as well did your mm. husband at the time notice anything about these new experiments you were doing with yourself or again was that something <laughs> experiments like a secret thing <laughs> Oh, no, no, it wasn't a secret. Yeah. No, no. I stopped having secrets a long time ago. <laughs> I don't have any secrets anymore. Um, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't secret. It was. Um, yeah, I just um, I just did my um, experiments and um, I didn't really care what he thought or what he um, what he liked or what he didn't like. It was very much my journey um, and how I felt about myself. Um, so. I didn't ask anyone's opinion. Mm. I didn't ask his opinion. And he didn't even, like, I think he, he just liked however I looked, whatever. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. it, it's not like he really cared. Yeah, so it wasn't <laughs> um, like you I looked, looked like. to him for validation when it came to how you looked. No, no. There were lots of instances where, like, he didn't like what I was wearing or whatever. And I still wore, like... I, I didn't I didn't really care <laughs> what um if he liked my style or didn't so yeah. yeah and what about family now now that you've kind of <laughs> you wear your hair naturally yeah have they has anyone sort of objected <laughs> or commented on how different you might look? um not as much uh because thankfully we all change <laughs> <laughs> or most most of us do um 
uh, even some people change a lot, some people change a little, but my family has, my parents as well, they have changed over the years okay. and they have stretched themselves and they've gone through shifts and stuff themselves as well, which is nice. So there's not many like comments. Um, it's still, I can, I can still tell like it is a thing because it's so ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes some, something comes up. Um, but like, for example, I think it was last year when I went to see my parents and I came through the door, my dad had picked me up from the airport. I came through the door and I hugged my mom. And one of the first things she said was, um, did you put on some weight? Oh it was one of, one of the first things. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And then, um, and then I just said something like, I don't know. And then, uh, a few hours later, she, she came to me and she said, um, about what I said before with the weight, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I realized that after like it, it wasn't, okay. it was, it wasn't good. And it was, it's, it was unnecessary and it's not important. And da, da, da. And she asked, she said, sorry. And I was like, okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Like, and that is, um, that's definitely, yeah, that reflects a change that she's gone through as well. Even though her first reaction was to say it <laughs> yeah, because she couldn't, stop yeah. it before it came yeah. out but she knows now. yeah but she it just shows that she's actually aware mm. that it's um not the right and healthy thing to do mm. um so that awareness is definitely new and is like a change in them it seems like you know you've learned so much about yourself recently and i feel like you're gonna keep going on this journey mm. but knowing all of that do you think if you could have, what would you say to that little eight-year-old that Aww. just heard what they said? What would you tell her? I would tell her so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote that down um, once a few months ago. I wrote a letter to my uh, seven, eight-year-old self. Um, and that, that's been really good, really healing. Um, and I would tell her that she is worthy that she's beautiful and uh, she is valued and loved because then there's also that connection between um, feeling beautiful and feeling loved that kind of messes yeah. you up or messed me up because of what mm -hmm. happened there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would tell her that she is loved and valued and beautiful and that she will one day make the amazing discovery that she can trust herself. Um, and that will be the most amazing thing of all. When do you feel you're most beautiful? I really struggled with that question. <laughs> um, I, um, I struggled with like a specific answer. I think when I, mm -hmm. when I read it, because, um, my first thought was, I actually feel beautiful when I feel love because um, they're kind of connected for me. Beauty is not just like, you know, the cover magazine type of beauty. For me, beauty is like um, if I see beauty somewhere, I see that someone is loving. Like if there's flowers in the room, you know, you go to someone's house and they put flour in your guest room or 
someone made something for you. Um, you made a cake for me <laughs> and you brought me cake. Um, and to me, that's beauty is like love that's visible. That's, that's my brain. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, beauty is basically visible love. So when I feel love, whether that's not necessarily, not just from other people, but love towards myself, just love within myself, um, I feel beautiful. I also feel beautiful on my first period day with my pajama okay. jumpsuit and my hair up uh, <laughs> and wooly socks. And when I'm like really cozy at home, And I know I have no plans. I feel great. I feel really, really great mm. and beautiful. But mm. the first thing I thought of when I uh, read that question was, yeah, I feel beautiful when I feel love in whatever shape or form. Because mm. mm. for me, they're kind of linked. It's like, yeah, you, something is beautiful, made beautiful, um, And it's because there was love behind that. There was like a loving thought behind that. So, um, and yeah, and if I love myself, that is, that is the outcome. Mm. Then I, I will, I will take care of myself uh, and not just the outside, but the inside as well. And, um, and that's all wholesome beauty to me. I love that. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Take a minute to like, subscribe, perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at beautymepodcast, or you can follow my personal account, which is at sharice.kenyon. Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>